you know, I needed to get out of my house. I'm sure we're, we're all tired of being cooped up and, and isolated from one another, so it's good to gather to worship. Um, Announcement-wise, everything is subject to change or cancellation. <laughs> so we didn't even bother printing a bulletin today. Um, but keep checking the, the church website. We're, we'll try to keep that page updated as we hear information and make plans going forward. Um, so even the decision to meet today was a, was a tough one when Cherry Creek School District is closing buildings and we knew we wouldn't be able to. Uh, meet there for the next at least two Sundays today and next Sunday for sure we, we can't use uh, that location but the the governor did schedule a conference call with faith leaders on Friday afternoon which I tried to get in on but they overwhelmed the, the conference call system so I got I, I couldn't get into the call but I heard uh, was able to look at the transcript later and what they were asking for this weekend was that groups of 250 or more not meet just to try to kind of contain things and, and keep a plan going forward. So again, we'll just, we'll plan to meet here again next Sunday, uh, but we'll see what the what the week holds for us. So um, stay tuned on that. Then uh, Pastor Mark wanted me to also announce that today we were planning to have an info meeting about the fall uh, Asia trip. Uh, we're going to just delay that until um, until a better time, you know, in the next couple of weeks or so. But, you know, go ahead and send him an email or give him a call if you're interested in that so he can kind of start getting you information, info packets on that. Um, they, Mark and Stephanie did opt to stay home today. They've got a son who's working in, in the healthcare industry very closely with the coronavirus, living at their house and things. And so they just felt like, you know, it would be better for them to stay home and do the, the self-quarantining right now. So um, anyway, they're, they're praying for us and with us as well today. And, and lots of our church members as well heard from several people that were saying they didn't feel comfortable leaving the house today, and especially some of the older folks. So I think it'd be good if we pray for them uh, before we go any further for the members of our body who are not able to be with us today. Um, so far, I haven't heard of anyone who has a um, confirmed case of, of uh, coronavirus from within our body. There's some uh, uh, one couple that was getting tested just because they've had some symptoms and things, but no no positive results there, so we can continue to pray for God's protection. Um, I, and I think just even praying for our, our world, why don't we just take a, a couple minutes and have a few people lead out in prayer on whatever God puts on your heart regarding this crisis. It could be uh, members of our body. could be somebody you know who's, who's uh, sick right now. could be just uh, kind of some of the things that Brian led in prayer about the, the fear and the uncertainty in our culture. Um, but then also thinking about the opportunities that we have as believers. So I just plant a couple ideas out there for you. And let's just, you know, we got a smaller group. We can kind of run it more like a, a life group rather than a, a big church service. So go ahead and lead out in prayer. And then I'll close it after a few of you lead us in prayer today. Jesus, we do pray also for members of our body who are um, in, a, in, a, in a stage in life where they're needing to uh, self-isolate even more um, at this time for their own health and safety, God. Uh, and for, for all of us, Lord, as we're going through this process of, of uh, experiencing more loneliness, more solitude, more isolation, we pray that you would remind us of your presence during this time, that you would draw close to us. We pray that we would be a good uh, family to one another to reach out to those who are uh, shut in in their own homes for now uh, with a phone call, with a word of encouragement, a note, um, with prayer, Lord, to lift each other up. Um, we do pray for your protection, for your healing. We pray for uh, 
those that are, are researching ways to, to uh, develop a vaccine or, or treatments, Lord, that you give them wisdom and creative insights on, on how to, to solve this virus, Lord. And we do thank you that you are still on the throne, that you're a good God, that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever, that our hope and trust is in you, and that we can gather here in this place today to glorify you and lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is definitely a good opportunity to have a more interactive uh, Sunday morning, so feel free to interject, add your comments, uh, add, add questions. We'll run it more like a youth group service than a, than a formal uh, talk here. So seriously, um, yeah, <laughs> just like all those teenagers always are in this room here, right? Um, so I'm going to start out with a question just to kind of get you guys into this groove of, of being a little more interactive today. My question for you as we're, as we're continuing a series on the good news is this. Are people more receptive to the good news in good times or in bad times? So what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, okay, and you can you can expound on that if if you want to add any 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 reasons why 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 do you think uncertainty and fear? Okay, looking for hope. Looking for hope. We have a need for good news. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. It's easier to pray for people, right? If they have, they're going through something, you're like, mm -hmm. can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. Pray for them right then, and it's always interesting to see their reactions mm -hmm. when God reaches out and touches them. Sure. Very good. What are what are some of the challenges of sharing good news in good times? Yeah, I think there's, you know, to add to what you guys have said, lots of good ideas. But I, you know, you feel like in a in an affluent time in an affluent place, um, there's a lot of people that we run into that are saying, "Well, why would I need God? You know, life is grand. I got, I got everything I need. I'm making things happen." So there's kind of a a false sense of of self ability, self determination, and I think at in difficult times, that's when people really pull back that veneer and they look at the, the cold, hard reality of how dependent we are, how vulnerable we are, how temporal we are, how, you know, how short-term life is. Um, so here, I'm going to read you a, a quote that's been circulating. Maybe you've already come across this this week. Um, this is a 72-year-old quote from something that C.S. Lewis wrote in 1948. So think about that time in, in world history, what was going on at that time. So here was um, C.S. Lewis's thoughts for that generation of believers um, 70 plus years ago. And, you know, as I read this, if you were to take out the phrase atomic bomb and put in instead coronavirus, you'll see how true this rings. And so uh, just read this to, to give you hope and encouragement that this is not, uh, we're not the first generation of believers that have gone through a tough time as a nation, as, as individuals, as families. And here's some sage wisdom from a great theologian that I respect. So he says this, In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century, when the plague visited London almost every year. Or, as you would have lived in a Viking age, when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer 
an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that. But they need not dominate our minds. I think it's a good reality check um, from, <laughs> from, from somebody 72 years ago, um, giving us something that, that helps us to, to think in, in good perspective here. Now, course, you know, we want to be wise. I think, I think we're in a short-term um, phase here of where it's like, all right, if we can do anything we can as, as a community, as, as groups of people to slow the spread, take the pressure off of the healthcare uh, system, then we want to do that by all means. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to take it week by week, day by day as a church as well, um, not knowing what the news stories will be coming out this week. There's another the governor is going to have another conference call for, for church leaders on Thursday again, so we'll get some more guidance as, as the week goes. So it could be that they say, yeah, we're going to just request that everybody just take a two-week you know, phase and stay in your own house. I, who knows what will happen. Hopefully some of these measures they're taking will slow it down, and we'll be able to get back to normal sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, I, and I know you probably all got the email, but I do want to go over some of those uh, suggestions that I had put together um, at the end of that webpage, just because it's got some scripture to guide our thinking and some common sense approaches as well. So again, you can you can pull up the, the webpage and take a look at this. Um, it's under the About tab, and then Event Changes is, is where, where it is if you need to find that. But one thing, just a verse from Philippians chapter 4. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I would tell you this. It's natural to be anxious in times of uncertainty, in times of change that was unwanted, um, in times of sickness. Um, natural to be anxious. It's supernatural to instead of hanging on to that anxiety, it's supernatural to present that to God in prayer, to give thanks to God, and then to allow His, what it says, peace which transcends understanding to come into your life and into your situation. So when I think, you know, if you were to simplify that phrase, 
peace that transcends understanding, or another translation says peace that surpasses understanding. I think, it, I think really a, a way you could paraphrase that would be to say peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace. So like logically, reasonably, understanding category, it would be reasonable to not have any peace right now, to just be going nuts and be anxious and be um, freaking out as much as you possibly can. It would require something supernatural for you to go, you know what, I'm, I've got peace. Well, where do you get that? Paul tells the Philippians, you get that through prayer and thanksgiving, by going to the Lord instead of owning that anxiety, bringing it to him. So I encourage you to do that. We've done that together as a, as a church already this morning, praying for one another, praying for the rest of our body that's not here, praying for our world. Let's continue to be people of prayer. As you're stuck at home um, with you know a spouse who you're used to having them go off to work, and now they're like there 24-7, like give me some space, with some kids that you, you, know, you wish you could send off to school, but the school's closed down. And now it's like, wow, we're, we're all crawling all over one another and I and, uh, wish we had some more square footage than we do, right? Um, take some time to pray together, to give thanks together, to encourage one another because that anxiety is natural and it's going to creep into all of our hearts unless we obey what the Lord's word says here. Um, another, another, and I got five just simple ideas that I came up with, and then I'm going to open up. You guys may have some other suggestions as well as we're going through this. Um, but I, I think it's, I, I want to just give permission to all of us to grieve the loss of planned activities and routines. We got some ladies here in the, in the room today that were planning to take a trip to Asia on a missions trip in like a week and a half, right? And that's sad to have planned and prepared and, 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 you know, it's kind of gotten your schedule arranged and your mind in that in that world looking for an opportunity to go and serve and now to have that pulled away and the uncertainty of when is that going to get rescheduled and how, how do you do that um, you know we've got a, a honeymoon that had to get re, reworked because all cruises are are now canceled you know and that's that's we're six days away from from a wedding uh, that was that's been planned my our oldest daughter living in Wheaton her uh, senior class from Wheaton was notified to not come back from spring break. So um, they all left on spring break. And then they, the school contacted them and said, we're going to extend spring break by an extra week to allow you to come and get your stuff out of here. It needs to be out of here. And we're going to finish out this, the semester uh, fully distance. And so, you know, Malik and Samit had both graduated early, but this is, this, this is their peer group. These are their friends who uh, they were looking forward to a couple more months of, of uh, celebrating th this achievement and also spending time together before they all get dispersed to their new jobs and elsewhere. And now that's over, you know, and so they're, they're grieving and they're, they're sad. And we've all got stories like that, right? Now, you know, on a, on a, on one sense, you look at something like that and you're like, well, you know, too bad. There's people that are dying, you know, so you don't get to go to your graduation. Whoop-de-doo. You don't get to go on your cruise. Whoop-de-doo. I would just tell you, go ahead and grieve and give people the grace to grieve and process. I mean, we've all got things that are disappointing when there's changes. And Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so it's, it's normal. It's, it's okay to grieve when plans change and when there's difficulty and challenges. So give each other that grace and give yourself that grace as well. And then third, just real practical, take, take the practical steps to protect yourself. Be, you know, I'm sure you've all been checking the, the CDC website and paying attention, but there's some 
practical, just simple ways of, of taking good care of your own health and helping others in that time as well. So make yourself aware of those. Uh, we do have hand sanitizer here. I encourage you to put a squirt of that in your coffee. It should really keep the pipes cleaned out. And that's, I, I didn't find that in the CDC. I also came up with that on my own. So, um, Galatians 6, I'm on number four out of five here. Galatians 6 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So I would say two sides to that. Number one, ask for help if you need it. Don't be um, so self-sufficient and, and proud um, and really foolish that you're hurting and struggling and living in isolation when there is a body of Christ that's ready and, and willing to come alongside you and to help you. So ask for help, and it, it could be in a variety of ways. You know, it could be something practical, like we are literally out of toilet paper. Um, does anyone have an, an old theology book that I could borrow or something? Uh, or it could be in, a, in you know, less of a practical thing, but just you know, an emotional or a mental well-being need where you're saying, I need somebody to talk to. You know? um, I need some, I need, can, we, can we get on the phone? Can we pray together? Can, can you give me, help me get some perspective here? Um, so to reach out and ask for help. And then I would say the, the corollary to that is to offer your help. Um, as you're praying for our body, allow the Holy Spirit to bring individuals to mind that you can then reach out to and say, you know what, I wonder if anybody's checked up on them to see how they're doing or, or reach out with a word of encouragement. Um, with that, you know, we are encouraging some of the higher risk category people to avoid even, even a meeting like this with a smaller group just for their own health and safety because it is way more dangerous for the, the 60 plus crowd. Um, so, so those would be a good, that would be a good group to put on your radar screen and to enlist the help of the whole body to reach out and say, hey, I'm running, I'm going to go fight the crowds at Costco. Do you need anything while I'm there? I can drop it off on your front porch. You don't even have to come out and say hello. Is there anything I could pick up for you or bring over or help in some of those practical ways? Um, and I would say go beyond our church body as well. Who are the elderly or higher risk neighbors that you have in your own neighborhood? or coworkers, or somebody that you can share God's love with in a practical way by offering to help and assist at this time. Um, the last one, just a, a creative, practical thing. You know, we do live in, I'm going to say, the most beautiful state in, in the country. we got a beautiful sunny day out there again today. There's lots of bike trails, hiking trails. Uh, they're still selling gasoline, so, you know, we can, we can go up to the mountains or whatever. Um, you're not going to get any coronavirus droplets on you if you call a friend and say, hey, let's go have a play date at the park. Just don't go anywhere near me, okay? I'll stand and talk to you from across the playground, right? Uh, but for your own emotional, mental well-being and health, get out of your house. Go outside, take a hike. There's good things. The exercise will help you. The fresh air will help you. The change of scenery will help you. Even the time of, of meeting someone else, a neighbor or a, a friend or somebody from church, that will help you as well to uh, endure the, the days of however long this is of having life disrupted a little bit. So let me just put that out there as a creative idea. What other suggestions or, or ideas do you guys have um, in terms of what we, the body of Christ, can do during this time? Are there any other ideas that you've thought of or implemented or you've heard other Christians or churches um, doing at this time? Even in Galatians, when you go up to five, you know, so we've got our fruits of the spirit, um, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, you know, 
even myself, I would say, I look at some of this and I go, this is just stupid, you know. But we still need to be patient and kind when we're talking to people and stuff, because otherwise it makes us look, um, it just makes us look like we're judge, you know, judging them in, you know, in that fear, but why don't we try to help people along, be patient with them, be kind, and say, you know, I understand your fear, and, you know, but, you know, there have been other things that have happened, you know, we just saw the whole list of the plague, and, you know, and all those different things and stuff. God will get us through this. He always does and stuff, and that's an opportunity for us to be Christians in the fruit of the Spirit this way versus, you know, somebody who's casting out bad stuff. Good. So, be kind. Yeah. Gentle. Very right. good. I agree. It, it, it's kind of the same thing, but just that, um, you know, people know we're Christian, and, you know, I think, so we don't even realize people are watching our behavior and our example. You know, we forget that, oh, yeah, they know, they, we've invited them to church. They, they know who we are, and that this is a time for them to see, like, we're not panicked, or we're generous, or... Yeah, just how we're responding. Mm -hmm. That's good. We do have lots of friends, LBSIDs, who are healthcare workers who still have to work and they have children. So I've already reached out to several friends. We may have like a zoo at our house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they say it's like self quarantine, but the kids are relatively low risk for right. things. So, um, you know, people who still have to work, we've been talking to people to say, like, well, I'm home all the time anyway. They're, your kids can come over and we'll just have a seat at our house. Mm -hmm. um, so that, because I know you guys all know friends and stuff that work too. So. Yeah. Very good. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point. Because, and I, I think, you know, I'm guessing some of the daycares and things will probably be shutting down all because of, you know, all the school provided daycares are shut down. So, yeah, huge demand in that area. And, right, there's some critical. Jobs that they got to show up for work. You know, you can't work remotely if you're in in healthcare, in law enforcement. You know, um, so so for sure. Great. I have to tell you, I work in a grocery store. Yeah, grocery store. <laughs> that's another mission critical job. Yeah. Oh. Give us some toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> you got an inside lady there. Yeah, we have empty shelves. Yeah. It's so bad. People are crazy. God okay. really convicted me um, last night. We got, um, I went ahead and I was standing in line at Panda Express. And, you know, any place I go, you're standing in a line right now. And I'm just sitting there doing things, checking Facebook on my phone. And God really convicted me. It's like this is a time to not be so involved in myself, but looking around and talking to people and offering hope that way versus just, you know, being friendly and kind. And if somebody starts sharing a need, then actually praying for them and, Showing the love of Christ when I'm just doing something normal. It's good. As a, as a small business owner, um, a practical thing, I think corporations are going to ride this out because they can. But if you know small businesses in your area, still go there because mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard for you yeah. people who don't have a long runway in the city. Um, I know a lot of people are finding themselves with a lot more time on their hands all of a sudden, which is super abnormal in like American culture, you know, and suddenly I'm like, I don't have to go to school and I don't know what to do with myself. Um, so a goal I'm setting for myself is just like for one to be a lot more dedicated with giving time to just like prayer and Bible study more than like 
you know, a 15 minute, whatever, like I can actually set aside like an hour or two to just like worship and be in the word. And then I'm also um, going to try to write a letter to someone every day. And it's just like something like that, or like make a phone call or whatever. Like if you have time on your hands, it's a really good opportunity to reach out to other people and be like a source of encouragement. And you just have time to give and you can invest that in someone and have uplifting words and spend time with God. So just, if you have the time, use it well. Don't just like spasmatically check the latest updates every two minutes and make your life more miserable, you know? So, like. It's true. <laughs> Good point. You know, I also think building prayer because like on Thursday I went to um, Sam's and it was an Ethiopian family. While they, we were in line to leave, they just started praying and then it got me to pray and then somebody else was praying and then it got the conversation started about it's super cool to see that the community, you know, this family started it, but then everybody around was really joining in, and it was mm -hmm. cool to see that. It was like, mm -hmm. How that's important good. that is to show people that that's what our faith is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had out to our neighbors who, some of them are scared, and they're like locking themselves in their house. Just reach out. Hey, please let me know if you need anything. I just want to come over for coffee or mm -hmm. whatever just so they know that we're there mm -hmm. that's good good well keep the good ideas going and i think i think those are a way that we can build each other up and encourage each other edify each other at this time to look and uh, and imagine how is god calling us to be bearers of good news during dark times, during hard times. Take a, take advantage of the opportunity rather than withdrawing and retreating and getting scared, but looking for how can we bring good news in, in, in a bad time.